This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and this is episode 31 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, your alternative underground back alley secret society underbelly speakeasy dive bar style podcast about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. Like I said, this is episode 31. I'm doing this intro from my iPhone at my grandma's house. I didn't want to bring all that shit and set it up in here just for the intro. I mean, I could be breaking all kinds of stuff. And then if you've ever been over to your grandma's, at least at my grandma's, there's a lot of questions when you start moving shit around. So I'm not going to do that, but I am going to get through this intro really quick. We recorded this last night at the cabin in Richmond Beach. If you have not been to the cabin in Richmond Beach, you got to go there. It's a piece of history. Um, It has been there for a hundred years as a bar or a restaurant or a vacation hotspot for when people were vacationing at Richmond Beach and the sailors were coming in. There's a lot of history. It's been there since the Prohibition. You got to go check it out. Again, that's the cabin in Richmond Beach. Shout out to them for hosting us. Uh, shout out to Chris Copacino, who's came who showed up he showed up he got the he got the scheduling right this time showed up and in fact we uh had an open bar on him so uh, again chris copacino is from copacino fujikata did all the commercials all the classic commercials that we as mariners fan grew up loving he's back chopping it up with me and hanno from edmonds he made the big long journey from edmonds to uh the shoreline richmond beach area and along with that we have our resident rick griffin our medical expert doc sniff from the uw medical center sitting in saying a thing or two not too much out of that guy uh but uh (laughs) it was a lot of fun doing this last night And again, thanks for liking, subscribing, and following the podcast. That really helps us out to reach our goal. We're getting very, very close. So if you have not liked and subscribed and you've been listening, come on, just just a little more effort out of you, all right? And again, we like five-star reviews. We like five-two players, but we like five-star reviews much better. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up. So you can listen to us cocktailing up here with Kopi at the cabin right here for episode 31 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast that starts about now. Like so, it's kind of loud. There's some game. I like how you guys are holding like you're uh, in a press conference, NBA style. Kind of like LeBron and Kyrie. I'm I'm more comfortable talking like this. More looks like an MC right now. Yeah, this is. I'm more comfortable talking like this. I the reason why I don't have mic stands is not because I'm I'm going. Hey, I know how to talk with the microphone. (laughs) We've broken them. We've broken both of the mic stands. I I had a hand in that, didn't I? This you had a strong hand in that. You set the tone. 
you set the tone, then I started breaking stuff. Fuck. I'm leaving stuff in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just all kinds of shit. I don't wake, know. Wake of devastation. Yeah, there's parts of these uh, of my podcast uh, kit. This is the original podcast kit. But listen, I've done this is episode 31. Let me say, by the way, 30. I was listening to the 30 episodes is an accomplishment. We made 30, and then. And I heard and the there's top about five that never aired. No, so. right. And I heard the top. I heard, I heard the top end of thirty because we had a little scheduling issue, and yeah. I I apologize for that. So, listener, so you know, drinks are actually on me tonight. I've, there's a credit card on the file. If you you know, we're not live, but if you were at the cabin tonight, I'd buy a drink because drinks are on me. Yeah, they made that quite clear uh, last episode. So, episode thirty, we're ba- one. We're back here at the cabin in Richmond Beach. <laughs> All right. So, look, since the last episode happened, we we went back down to one of our favorite places, Texas, right? Ugh. And we played the Texas Rangers. Here's my. You want to know what I feel about this series? Who gives a shit? No I don't shit. give a no shit. shit. I don't give a shit. I don't think. I don't want to say this, but maybe they didn't give a shit. But it's I feel like no one gave a shit in Texas this weekend. All right. So what the hell happened here, Hanno? Tell us. Tell us all the ins and outs of the of this fucking series. Break it down, Hanno. Break it down in a nutshell. Well, I mean, they didn't they didn't pitch particularly well in a couple games. They didn't play defense particularly well, and they didn't get. The clutch hits and only ended up with, I think, only four in their final game of the series. So, and Texas made the uh, the hits that were when they needed or got hits when they needed to. So, and traditionally, this is a place that the Mariners, even the shitty Mariners, go down Tomales. and mash the fucking ball. Right? Yeah, and they're like thirteen and four against them this year. So. You're bound to have right. a couple duds. Right. They did have nine in a row until yeah. they've lost these last two. I mean, I I I saw parts of the game today. I watched the the, the replay. I they were two at bats away from winning that game. If after uh, Julio uh, has the infield single with an error, if France gets a hit there, they win because their bullpen's going to be locked down. They just didn't get that extra hit, and it's and here's the deal: they didn't swing the bats great. This weekend, and it proves that you just can't decide that you're healthy and roll and 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 show up and and think you're gonna win. You actually have to beat some fuckers, and they and they and, they, and you can't you if you score three runs, you got to be your pitching has to carry, and their pitching was okay and and lower uh, and Gilbert struggled a little bit. The bullpen was not as razor sharp, and those are those razor thin margins that they're they're living on. Yeah, and when I did watch, I, I have to admit, I didn't watch every inning this weekend. I mean, it was kind of hard to get back into it after what we just went through here with, uh, you know, the Yankee series and stuff like that. And to give a shit, the next thing you know, it's like these weird four or five o'clock games now yeah. after you've been home. You got the game on Fox yesterday, so you didn't have a radio broadcast. Or you did have a radio broadcast. It got moved because of the Seahawks preseason game. It was on the uh, conservative talk Seattle. So if you want to, oh, if you want to fuck with Mega and the Mariners, you turn to seventy. That's yeah. that's where the merit. That's yeah. the intersection yeah. of Mariners and yeah. uh, hypocrisy. Yeah. That's right. Uh, intersects. That's right. Uh, so. But I do want to say that I saw some very sloppy defense that does not 
or lazy or just not smart defense that doesn't actually show up on the scoreboard in the air columns, but I did see some defense. Hannah, you want to talk about a little bit of the defense this weekend? Because I, I really think that was the key more than it wasn't anything. Great. It wasn't great. There was a couple balls that were hit to the outfield that Winker just didn't get to. He's just flat out not fast enough, doesn't make the the read correctly, or or I don't know. I mean, he's not the best of outfielders. We all know that. Today, they replaced him with a Haggerty. Um, everybody thinks he's a better outfielder, and he still didn't make a good play out there on a fly ball hit to the warning track. So, you know, a good outfield probably makes that catch, but we don't really have a good outfielder in left field. I mean, Haggerty's okay, but he's he's not a great outfielder. He's an infielder that can play decent outfield since he's an athlete. He's he's Dylan Moore doing a better Dylan Moore job. The, the, the thing about... Uh, a lot of people want to see a lot more Sam Haggerty. And my thing with Sam Haggerty is uh, more is not exactly more, right? You got you to gotta pick his spots, and he'll come in and provide you some energy and give you good bat. Uh, I, I'm certainly not ready to revisit the shit list, Myron. I'm not no, going no, no, no. to walk down that shitty brown path again. No, you, but have, I will to, tell you, this. you have to. You uh, no, have but, to earn that no, shit list. No, but I'll tell you this. Uh, like... I, I think, like, uh, we, we've we had 65, no, more than that, probably 70, what, 75% of a season now. Like, I don't love what Winker brings every day. Like, he like he needs to be better. He needs to be better. And, it's, it's, you know, and, and I, I, I like the energy he brings. I kind of like his vibe. I kind of like his happy-go-lucky bullshit. But he's hitting two thirty with like eleven bombs and like thirty something RBIs. Like there doesn't seem to see you don't physically see from a voyeuristic standpoint. You do not see a lot of urgency out of this dude. I'm just saying he does not look healthy either. He, like the way he's moving out there, I agree. He does not look well, and and. Uh, and, and I'm not going to sit here and bitch because the Mariners are exactly where you want them to be. Well, if if you would have said before the season started, if we were in spring training right now and you're talking about August 13th and you're like the Mariners are uh, a game up uh, on you know in the wild card and they're, they're second in the wild, you're like I take it and fucking run. So when I'm I'm not going to be revisionist history here, but I I don't know if the Mariners can do what they need to do. With Wink, with Winker doing what he's done, and we need more. I just think we but need there, more. We can't get more. I, I mean, like you, you got Tremel maybe coming back. I no, I'm getting a so Tremel just got um, off of his rehab assignment and, and assigned sent, and, and assigned to Tacoma, so he will not be allowed to be brought up unless there's an injury or he has to wait ten days. Yeah. So do I have to get Tanya Harding out there? Is that what you're saying to get this guy back on the team? No, I don't. I don't know. It's you know, listen. Listen. It just it just proves like the Mariners' uh, formula right now is to get enough pitch really well, and and their margins are razor thin. So, and 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 the thing that's not talked about that got uh, a little bit. Uh, and this is baseball. This happens throughout. Right. You play 162 fucking games. It's a lot. And 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 what happens in a season? You're going to make a couple of errors, and they're going to bunch up a little bit. But this team has played such clean baseball, such good baseball, that's weird to make them see it. Like, it's, it's, it feels weird to see them make an error. It is. And, and, and then it, all of a sudden they make an error, and you feel, you remember how fucking uh, important 
errors are and like they give are. me they're everything. Like, oh my god, this is that's why the game is suck. the game is designed for three outs. If you give a team yeah. a professional right. team five fucking outs, yeah. it's not gonna work. I know this is nitpicking on them not having such tight defense. You know, they played a lot of games and a lot of days. There's like the and, third the third right. in major leagues and in, in fielding per- I do want to say this that yeah the bullpen all before we blame the defense the bullpen wasn't what we you know expected always to be which is not giving up anything and you know what they've been That's used so, yeah and how much everybody pitched in New York against New York there's just a lot Dude. of innings I knew you get you get on you know these crazy uh, you know Facebook groups or Mariners Twitter world out there. Yeah. Or even shit that my grandma Norma says. It's a little bit of like, well, listen, let's not forget what we just went through right. to get here. And a team like the Yankees to win a series against them, they're going to beat the shit out of you. They're going to weigh you down. So the people that you are playing afterwards, I feel like, it, I wouldn't say they have an advantage, but you definitely, they're leveling up to you after you go yeah. through a big fight. I mean, everything goes back to wrestling. And the, yeah. if you have a match to start the night out against somebody good, and then you try to come out and win the Royal Rumble, you might get thrown over the top. Listener, listeners, I just want to reset. Can we can we reset real quick? Because you early in the podcast, it might have been in the teens somewhere. I think you said everything with you Number comes eight. back to three things. What are the three things? Byron? Wrestling. Yeah, one. OJ. OJ two. And JFK. JFK three. So just for all those decision tree theories out there, it all comes back to those three things if you want to know. And it's been consistent. But I agree with you. Like they're um they're so far this year their recipe for winning has been play really good defense, get enough runs, pitch really well. And if any one of those three kind of ingredients get a little soft, then you fucking lose sometimes. And that's what happened this weekend. So like I'm not so worried about it. Like I think they're gonna shore it up and they'll be fine. It just gets away. Over 162 season a uh, game season, you're gonna you're gonna drop a couple that you probably shouldn't, and they put themselves in such a position to be able a little afforded the luxury to to drop some that they probably shouldn't. I hope I hope I hope at the end of the season we're not looking back on these games, but I don't think we will be. Yeah, but you can look back on any game when you have 162. Last year I know we looked back at the Kansas City Royals series, but guess what? They just came in, they fucking. They hit our best fucking pitching. I know that the Mariners lost this series right now, but what I've seen just from going off of those those Yankees and those Padres series and other things is like, look, when we go in and just say, hey, this is our three-game setup with these three pitchers, they have a very strong chance to do stuff. Yeah, going down the stretch, I possibly could see them not taking the top wild card spot, but I feel like when you get into a three-game, five-game seven game setting and like Jerry said when it's all about pitching catching and throwing the balls the Mariners are going to be fine so if you're right. shitting your pants right. over this this next stretch when we're playing Texas Anaheim Oakland should we take care of business fuck yeah do we expect them to take care of business fuck yeah but if they don't I'm not so fucking worried about that would I be disappointed if we lose these games and those I mean they all count I'm more about where we stack up with the guys that yeah. we are going to have to see. I'm more interested in what happens when we play Cleveland, when we play Chicago. 
those are the things I'm doing. Hanno, what are you thinking about what this this weekend? Just to wrap this part before we can really zero in on some some shit. Well, getting back to your point earlier, I do think it was an emotional series against New York, so it is maybe a bit of a letdown against Texas. But in all reality, I don't think these next two months are going to be easy. I mean, I'm a Mariners fan. They're not. You know, it's going to be tough, grinding, probably down to the wire. It's just the way the season's been so far, a roller coaster, and I think it's going to continue that way. And we're going to go through a gauntlet of emotions as we get towards uh, the postseason. Dude, I, I, I fully agree. I told my wife last night, oh no, Friday night after they won, and I saw a thing <clears throat> that the Mariners had an 89% chance of making the playoffs after their Friday night win. 89 that's... That's a lot, right? That's nine, almost nine in ten chance. We got to stop looking at the numbers. I know, and I using know, I know. But, but no, just to connect with Hannah's point, I go to my wife. I go, yeah, but I, but that's one in ten chance that they don't. And I've fucking lived it before, and it sucks. And we live in that that ten yeah. percent. So we no, live. But, but here, here's the deal, and we can put a cap on this uh, this part, this part, the, the series. The Rangers, who I fucking, I just, the, the Rangers are like going to the DMV. God damn it. It's not exciting. It's not great. It's just, it just, the thing you do, you show up to fucking globe life and go to the DMV and turn left and cough and you play a series. It's fucking sucks. Whoa. Hey, I haven't been to a DMV that I had, yeah. that I got you're, that pleasure. You're going the but, wrong, you're going the wrong DMV, man. So. Come, come to the Shoreline DMV. Go to Wendell's. They just asked me yeah. to, they yeah. just check my eyes when I go there, Kopi. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't well, make me turn a cough. But hey, Matt Resendez, big shout out to you. Hope you're loving Globe Life down there. Hopefully you're liking and subscribing. I haven't heard from him since the second episode. We've got guys from all over the world in our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey, gooey duck. duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners. You gotta love these guys. Yeah, sure, you betcha. Yeah, the the general idea I get just listening to Mariners fans and and local sports radio, it seems that everyone thinks we're going to just kind of walk into the playoffs and and it's mostly a done deal. But they have not watched this movie. They have yeah, not. They no have not watched, watched the, the others. Movie. Nobody's caught up on the seasons. If that's what you think is going to happen. Yeah, here. we're in a battle with six teams to make the playoffs right now. I mean, any we could go on a five game losing streak or less and be out of the playoff scenario as it stands right now. Yeah, it does. It's- one one shit losing streak and we're done. Well, and like the thing of it, we just finished our previous series against Yankees. Successful highs is all can get it out. high and mighty. And, you know, we lost one now. Everybody's down. But, you know, it's just the up and down ebbs and flows of the That's season. That's what I mean to start this episode. It's the who gives a shit. Yeah. But what does suck about this, and I get what you're saying, that it is a grind out, and we know this. It doesn't matter how much we stack stack up against the good guys to get in that three-game series. If you can't get there because you don't take care of business with the people you're supposed to take care of business, then it's just a bunch of hypothetical dive bar talk like we're doing right here. Lifelong Mariners fan, that's just not, doesn't seem to be the case ever. One, one, you know, 
five to ten game losing streak and we're done and we're like, oh, we're back to talking about next year. Yeah, I mean, we had that 14 game winning streak and got us back in it. We could have a losing streak and knock us out of it. We got two months and we got to play solid ball to win our way in. We're not just going to get it handed to us. The last time the Mariners were in the playoffs, again, if you've just, I don't know, been in solitary confinement. They have not been to the playoffs since we were sneaking into Tiki Bob's underage, pretty much. That was a long time ago. We were all dancing down at Tiki Bob's to She Bangs by Ricky Martin. You know, you know, uh, Brett Boone, Paul Abbott was hanging out in Tiki. That's how long it has fucking been. Hey, everybody. So, you know, we just let it all out right there. Here's some kind of things that stick. I know we've talked about Winker a lot on here. And remember, I have been excused from being critical about this guy. You, I've, I've excused myself from, you know, the earlier episodes. So what I'm going to let you guys do is please be critical. Uh, the doctor uh, is here, Doc Sniff. Danny, our resident, Rick Griffin. What, what's your thoughts on uh, on uh, Winker? Uh, let's start us off. Ask some questions. I don't know. He was brought in from Cincinnati. All-star. Yeah, what do you know? What I, do you know as a casual fan? As a casual, yeah. I just know he brought in from Cincinnati. Uh, All-star last year. Yep. And I think there was a lot more expectations of him. You're and right. he really hasn't... Uh, Delivered as we'd expected when we signed him. And what do uh, what are more Keaton fans got to say about this? Well, he, he he's right. You know, he came in. He was going to be supposedly our middle of the order, big time bat. Hasn't proved that yet, or anywhere near it. And we all knew his defense was not his strength, and that's obvious the way we've seen him play D. But if he's not hitting, he's not doing much for us. Did you know his defense would be? So, like, I didn't know that. Did you know that, that his defense was a liability? When they first were brought into spring training, I mean, they were. I, from what I saw, but what I was being told through the media, but that they were both below average defenders, especially Eugenio. He took a pretty bad beating from. Uh, a lot of the analysis, which I think he He's has given us more than you. Thank expected. you, Perry Hill. Thank you, Perry Hill. Yes. Here's the deal. For me, for me as a pretty Keaton uh, fan, I I heard the uh, the pre-sale on uh, Eugenio, and he's. I think he's been pretty good. I didn't know Winker was not a good defender, apparently, and because early in the season. He made some nice catches. He cut some balls off in the gap. He slide do it. But play to play, he. I think there's an idea, of Jesse Winker, and there's the the reality of Jesse Winker. And at that point, if he's not going to give you the bat 
and it's proven that he just. I, I, okay, we're gonna break it down. Because well, I, I let me let me let me no. reel you in here. Let me reel no, you in you here. You are. You let me are. reel you in here. You're gonna Last let... episode, we were sitting here and fawning uh, over over Haggerty. But I will say I agree with you now that I'm much more sober than I was last episode. Haggerty isn't the guy that you want to have out there every day. No, he, he want more him out is there not more. Spots, right? And with Winker, you're kind of forced to do this. And with Winker, the defense is not there. That wasn't expected. But when you're still playing that defense and you're not hitting, it's a little less forgivable. And that's you, what you're really trying to get out here. I, as just a pure, like, fundamental baseball person, I hate Winker's setup. Why? What, what do you hate With about the it? the fucking low hands and then, like, open stance. And like, don't. Get up there ready to hit. Like, it, stop all the moving parts. His, his, confidence, his confidence in his bravado is definitely there. He looks no, no, loose. No, no, no. He looks fun, no, but no, it's I'm just... just talking, I'm just talking about his setup. He gets in the right. box. I he get is, it. It's a very I'm cocky right stance. No no no, 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 no. It's not cocky. It's horseshit. Because <laughs> he, he gets into the box. Okay, and, and so right and now he's got his... No, Kobe's got his right hands. Now. His hands I'm are all it. fucking low. And he's then his hands the low minute on the, the microphone. pitcher steps off, he gets in a more of a hitting position, but the bat's still here. Until the pitcher is that full thing, then he gets his hands back. I've always hated that approach to hitting. No, because it's more not moving, A to B. It's not A to more B. More moving parts equal harder probability to land everything on the point where you need to. I've always believed that. And right now, he's low hands and high, and then step in and hit it. I just I think it's far too much. I think I, I'm not a fan right now. Well, I, he I also don't. played in a horseshit division with horseshit pitchers in the last couple of years. I know people can pull out the numbers and go, Myron, what are you talking about? I I'm eyeballing it. I'm also going like, is it what was going on in that division that was so crazy? What were you hitting? As Hanno says, a lot of a lot of cracker boxes in, in that division. What do you think? What are you seeing? What do you see with Winker? Give me that. Give me the eye breakdown. Me? Yeah. I mean, I see what Kopi's saying. Um, you know, he his timing's off because he gets he's kind of has like Kopi said his hands there, and then he loads. It seems to be late. He's missing a lot of pitches down the pipe, yes. and if he is making contact, they're usually fouled off. He just looks confused. And the part that's so frustrating is you can't be confused on the fastball, which he's missing, and you've got to be ready for that fastball. And he's not ready, and, and it's frustrating as a fan. And I'll build on that real quick. His approach a lot of times, because I think he has a pretty good sense of the strike zone. I think he's like second second or third in the major league. In he does. Yeah, yeah, he's he good. Does he, his does. Own base percentage so he does. He's pretty good but for I, how low his average is. I'm telling is. you, that's a razor-thin thing, because if you go up there and go, I'm going to hit this pitch... You're not always gonna get that pitch, so the f- and and then he gets called out on a lot of like marginal pitches, right? So my thing is like, if you're good, swing it, like 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 like. Yeah, let her rip. Yeah, to hit. And he's- sometimes I feel he's not ready to hit. He's ready to pimp it, or just like take a st- take. Take fastballs that are just off the plate. I want him to be ready to well, hit. Well, and a, so you, he's not ready to hit every at bat, and it's frustrating to yeah, you. And that's what you're trying to get well at. Yeah. And I do get a little bit annoyed with, um, you know, when people are like, "Well, the stats say that this." Look, we're looking at his career Baseball body card. of work. 
till now. But here's the thing. Mother Nature can say something else. And at one point, everybody sitting here played a sport. And at one point, you hit a window, you hit a wall, or you hit a ceiling, and that's just what's going on. And when players, you know, unfortunately, when they hit it around the 30-year mark, you know, late 20s, the league catches up to you. I'm saying shit that we've all heard on shows, and we know that this is the truth, and maybe we're seeing that with Winker. We might be seeing that with Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier's turned it on lately, you know, but he's also going back down. And it's like... At when, when someone's like, well, his whole career he did this, it's like, we know, guy. We Look, as Seattle fans, we know about these things. Other sports, uh, Sean Alexander, uh, lots of free agents at the Mariners think, have got I, where I, you're I, just like, we bought this. We bought into this because this is, what the, this is what the numbers say. This is what the baseball card says. But at some point, you're going to be going down the hill. And unfortunately, maybe, maybe we have him where it's going down. He kind of reminds me of a Richie Sexton situation. Well, and I'll yes and you as an improv guy because... because Thank you for that gift. Yeah, appreciate that. Because I, I, I see him. Um, I know what his baseball card is supposed to be. But I also see approach, and from a, and and you have to get to a point in a in a season where you feel like you've had a good sample. We've seen enough, and he's we're there, right? He's like at this point, he's probably like I don't know, I haven't looked at it. He's probably like five hundred bats at this point, and he's uh he he is what he is. And I guess my point is, as you go forward, if you're going to be this club. Yeah, this club is constructed, and they didn't make a big uh, deadline move. So we are, we are, we are ride or die with this roster right now. It and is. You and can't so just add people anymore. No, no, no. Yeah, there's, we're not playing fantasy sports. We we we're, we're, we're here. So I guess my point is, if you're gonna, if if you think that is your left fielder every day, that's a that's that's a tough pill pill to swallow. I think, and still hitting him. Where he occupies in that lineup, and I guess my point is, uh, you, if he's not healthy because he's goddamn he doesn't look it, uh, then he should go on the DL. Is that the loophole to get Taylor Trammell back up here? Would that be a scenario that would ha- could happen? Yes, that's the only reason he could be brought up right now, is if the M's have an injury. Otherwise, because he got. Uh, recalled off of his injury rehab to Tacoma. He has to wait ten days unless there's an injury. So there's he can so Tremel could still be potentially on a postseason roster with the absolutely. Mariners. He just has to wait ten days from this series. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. And here's my thing with all of this going on. I don't feel like there has been enough competition for left field, right? It's been been a lot of fill-in. It's always been Winker's job. It's, you know, there's this complacency that's out there where I feel Kelnick, like if, if you could get guys, give you what, uh, I don't want to hear that guy's name on this podcast. He's but, not. Go- but, sorry, but, but like he's in a platoon. 
Interval he's not. Two. He's hitting 126. He's un. He's not a major league hitter. Can he's not going to be a major league player, just, possibly. In a in a platoon with Kelnick and Haggerty in left field, you could you could equal Jack, uh, Jesse Winkler. Jesse Winker's production. Well, sure. You got a guy that hits 300. And you got a guy that hits 127. I get it. So you get a 228 hitter. Or you got a guy that. Or you got a guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Winker's defense is brutal. Yeah. Why are we Why are we jumping over Taylor Trammell? The guy. He's, with, not, he's not established whatsoever either. He's, right. But he's more on the figuring it out road than those two, right? Well, no, not really. I mean, Taylor Trammell has been up this year and had a little, little time. Jesse Winker. At a year before this, an all-star year last year. I mean, if you want to compare the two, yeah, Jesse Winker, in my opinion, is the better player. Maybe he's not having the better year right now, but... Now, can I ask as a casual fan, where is Kyle Lewis now? What happened well, to him? He, he's Kyle, in the, he, Kyle Lewis does not appear to be healthy. That's what yes. I think. Still the I, knee? Yeah, I, he just... I mean, we saw it when they put him out in the outfield. He didn't move well, okay. and... And then his, and then when you DH, his bat is not great. So he becomes. Uh, they want to have a, a circular kind of uh, rotating thing through the DH of Hanniger, France, Santana. And you have to, and 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 it's a waiting. Like if you were going down the list of like, hey, we have this spot for these players. You're right. You 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 said it right there. You have Santana. You have Hanniger, you have Ty France, you have these guys that have full on deserved that DH spot, and then you go down the list, and your Lewis is like four or five on that list, and you can't have five DHs. The Yankees game, we can't take out a pitiful hitter like Kelnick because we can't put anybody in the outfield late in the game. In that that marathon, or you lose two players. They had a chance to. to use Lewis twice, and they didn't because they knew he had to play the field, and he's not. Moving and with well. a guy starting he's on second base, he's not moving well. No, there. and with a guy on second base, you you literally need your best defense. You needed your best defense out there, anyways, late in games, and then you add this fucking ghost runner on second base. It's a whole. It's like putting it on acid or steroids, Hannah. Well, going back to Winker, you know his defense is a problem. There's balls that are hit that should be caught that aren't so those are outs or non-outs that should be outs i think the mariners would like to have Haggerty out there spelling him for defense but like we said he can't hit every day and you bring up Tramel, yeah he might be a guy that could play left field and split it with Haggerty and then have winker be able to dh there's a lot of possibilities so i just think the mariners are just hoping and praying that Somehow, Winter one of these guys will try to come back to reality of what his baseball card was last year. I'm sure the Mariners have been twink, twink, tinkering with his swing, um, showing him analytics. I don't know if he buys into it. Do you guys listen to Divish and stuff? There was something where he was kind of alluding to one of those scenarios. Uh, he was kind of, it seemed like he was comparing him to Felix Hernandez, completely different positions, completely different players, completely different times. But the comparison was maybe the unwillingness to possibly change everything and open up completely to change. I don't know if you've heard about that, Kopi, with Winker, but I thought that was pretty interesting there. Uh, This was about two weeks ago. Ryan Divish was on uh, 
seven ten, uh, right after the All Star break, and and he was kind of when with the the situation of Winker of like, hey, he basically said this is pretty funny, but kind of mean. He said his biggest contributions to the team were were starting a fight and eating a pizza, and. I, I know that's a and little right. bit of an under, yeah yeah. <laughs> and the other thing about Winker is, you know, the Mariners want him to hopefully catch fire like he was last year, and they're waiting. But his bat speed looks a little slow. Yes. I hadn't watched him close enough last year to compare the two, but it just looks a little bit slow. So there's a lot going on there. And he's definitely, even though he's he he comes off as this laissez-faire guy and stuff like that, there's a lot of slamming of the helmet. There's a lot of breaking of shit. It's very Kelnick-like. There's a term term in uh, Major League Baseball for guys who act like they care a lot, but they don't care. It's called eyewash. Have you ever heard that thing? Oh, I didn't think that was with him, but I explain explain iWatch. I think there's a little bit, of, and I, you know what? I want him to be everything that he is. I love how he take. He feels like everyone likes him on the team. I like that he kind of like revels in other opponents hating him. I I like his swagger. I like his bullshit. But you got to perform. And and I'm telling you to go back how we started this conversation. And he's on the shit list. But when I see a guy get in there, and he has a low and the load, like it just, it feels like a a joke on a joke on a joke. On a joke. I have low confidence in re, in results when when he's up there. I do have to admit that after a hundred and what ten twelve games, I mean it's 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 uh, you know, I don't know. It just feels like we give this guy a pretty long rope, and I feel like again too, it's like what are our what are our options? Yeah, we don't have any and. I mean, Winker wasn't in this position last year with Cincy either. It's a new prime, new pressure, the order, pr- yeah, expectations, expectations, and maybe he can't handle. It. I don't know, but we don't have any choice. So you know, and, and like, let's wrap this part up because we've pretty much said everything that we need to say. I think if we figured it out. It's like, look, he's got to figure it out. He's also, you know, not really had a lot of competition for. That position, unfortunately, like Lewis, you know, non-factor because of the injuries and his limitations. Tremel hasn't been out on the field. Jared Kelnick has, you know, hasn't proven that he's a major league player except for like a, a five-week period. There hasn't been a lot of, you know, other uh, options out there. We didn't go out and get an outfielder. So I feel like, yeah, maybe our only option is to sit here and go, fuck, man, hopefully you can put it together for a six to eight week period. He just needs to start hitting the ball hard. He hit the ball hard a couple times in this series. So that's a start. He needs to be more consistent. You know, like Kobe said, it looks like he takes it, bats off for the I don't really give a shit attitude, and that sucks. But that's just the way it looks from the outside on the eye test. Winker, let's just get it together. Come on. And let's just do it. Listen, I still try to stay out of the negativeness. I'm just being critical. Doing the eyes test, yes. Basically, Winker is not the guy we expected this year, and we want better from him. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Don't settle for anything less than the best in the West, where you'll find trucks, trucks, and more trucks on River Road in Puyallup. And tell them the bone sent you. 
Look, we've went on and we've we've given Winker, you know, enough attention and, and some hard love here. And it's not just him. There's a lot of people not hitting and reaching those potentials or those expectations. But we've talked enough about the hitting. And obviously left field has just kind of been this position in the Mariners' histories in the 80s and the 90s. And it's just been this position that we can't really figure out outside of like a Raul Labanez, you know, pretty much, you know, and, and, and that's a guy that we, that came in and out of the, or in the organizations, in the organization for this episode. Let's talk about the pitching. There's a lot of, there's more positive to talk about with the pitching. There are some things that, you know, we're, we're concerned about. I would say not disappointed, concerned about, we can't just say that the, pitching staff is going to be lights out the rest of the way so i really think that castillo move is even a greater move now that we've seen some regression from the starting pitching i i think you're right i mean uh some i'm not i'm pitching again we're just tinkering listen listen we're just tinkering with things here that we're going all right where where could we tighten these things up what could how do we get it back up into into this and we've seen Go ahead. We had a conversation in the midst of 14 straight where we talked about the fact that pitching got them back into this spot. Sure, it's our strong point, for okay. sure. So so, so there's this thing that says, so I'm going to break down a couple points here. There's this thing that says, that like, at some point you're going to regress a little bit to the mean. You just have to. You, right. you might be really good. But at some point you're going to regress a little bit, and if your rate, if your margin is that thin for your pitching to be so elevated, you will suffer if it regresses any. So that's one. Number two, I totally understand your idea on uh, on on Marco Gonzalez. Here's my deal on Marco Gonzalez. I was thinking about this today, yesterday actually, after he lost. Uh. He's your fifth starter now. And that's a weird place to be from where we've been with the Mariners for a long time where Marco has been a bulldog at the front of the rotation, even though he's not a bona fide number one starter. Well, it beats going out to the bullpen, no, so here, he ought to be happy about that. Here's the deal. If you look around the major leagues, if you if your fifth starter can keep you in a ball game and give four runs over six innings, you go, okay. Sure. Today. Sure, I can buy into that. And, Absolutely. And that's where he is. It's just a different reality of Marco Gonzalez. Next. Logan Gilbert and George Kirby have been on super fucking Nova clips on, on the trajectory of their early career, okay? They've been amazing. They've, George Kirby has owned a uh, major league best history-wise to start a, to start a career of strikeout versus walk ratio. Logan Gilbert has been very good. They're good. They're not always going to be that sharp. They're going to figure you out. So here's my deal. We've been riding this razor-thin margin of having the pitching be lights out, and it just proves in this world of, of Major League Baseball, if your pitching slips a little bit, well, that goes to the point I'm trying to make here is that the Castillo acquisition is huge because oh. everything oh. is coming back. That was my third point. Every- Sorry. Okay. I, I got so long-winded, I didn't even get to you my did. third point. 
Excuse me. My third point is the fact that it, when you talk about getting a Castillo, and we often talk about in the lineup, lengthening a lineup, right? So you have a guy back and you length. It's all talking about the, the lineup is, is, is lengthened. It's, it's, it's extended. Same as in pitching staff. So you've just brought in the best pitcher on the market. He is a bona fide number one ace. He's going to go out every day, and if he gives up four runs, it's going to be an aber fucking rishin because he's so good. So you lengthen your whole pitching staff back, right? So who's two? Ray? Great. Uh, Gilbert, three. Kirby, four. Uh, Gonzalez, five. I'm fine with him being the five. And I'm Look fine with him against the fifth starter. Hold, hold, hold on. I'm fine with him being the five guy. And I'm fine with Flexen going to the bullpen because, again, I think Flexen's makeup is I'll do anything to win. I think Flexen's makeup of, hey, he's pitched in the bullpen and he throws hard. And that's what we want, yeah, Hanno, so right? Coming I'll out of the pen. Flexen, he pitched this last series. He came in out of the bullpen in the game Marco pitched in. Um, he looked. He gave up a few walks. You can't do that when you come out of the bullpen. No, you can't Even at all. Even if you're starting on a clean inning. So that got him in a little trouble. And he worked his way out of it. So that's something to look forward to to sure. see how he handles that coming out of the bullpen. And then I will go back to another thing with um, Logan. It's only his second year pitching, his first year playing a full season. Great point. So he's... I mean, he's having a rough stretch right now. You know, he's not spotting his fastball. His secondary looks a little off. He's so. leaving a lot of it over the plate. The yeah, velocity's right okay. You get hit no matter who you are in the league. So, I mean. And at some point, they have a book on you. Exactly. They yeah. start making a book. Well, here's the thing, too. We pl- he played Texas. This is his third time facing them. He faced That's him twice exactly earlier. Right. It was 15 strikeouts and one walk. So. So the so the guy like Castillo he pitched against the Yankees three times in a month, and they can't figure him out. And that's what I'm really happy about is that you we've acquired somebody that you can put out there and you can know what they're throwing, you know what they're going to do, and you just can't get to them. And that's what's so awesome about adding a guy like that to the team. And also, it takes pressure off of Robbie Ray. Like once he's been on this team. I still like Robbie Ray. I still enjoy watching him pitch, but I'm I, he's not my must-see guy out no, there on I, the mound. Castillo is. I appreciate that thought. And like I said earlier, you lengthen the pitching lineup. And Castillo, like, uh, there's such a palpable difference between Castillo, proven major leaguer who has the – I mean, by, I mean you, you watch his fastball. 98 sinker. And it moves 16 inches. It's unhittable. He has a psychological edge, too, with just the way he plays the game. A lot of people want to compare him to Felix because he's out there. He's, he's you know, making the spins and pointing to the sky. And he's definitely in tune with what's going on with the crowd. He's there. He's a showman. Yeah, I like everything about him and everything you guys say. My thing that I like the most about him is having him... Then moving Ray to the two hole is is going to help this team so much. In my so opinion. much because Ray, Ray you know, he, he won this. Yeah, he's a Cy Young Award winner, great pitcher, but he doesn't have that like lights out 
stuff yeah, than a number one right. guy. Has. And he's probably a two. Yeah. He's a top of the two. He's like a two A. Correct. But, but here's the whole thing is like the whole idea of an ace is kind of like a, a lost uh like unicorn in major leagues now. Like there's there's not a lot of them, but they have one of them, and that's where they that that's why it was like so out of my mind around the diet deadline when they're like, oh Jerry didn't have a great deadline. Are you fucking serious? I gave him a B plus. Fuck that. He got the best pitcher on the market, the best bar none. He got a bona fide ace. Like echelons about. Uh, hey, a B plus is a great grade. The only reason I give him a B plus is. Going back to the top of our episode in the last segment yeah, of what we're complaining yes. about, it'd have been great if we could have got something out there. Not a star, but it means something. I'm not looking for Soto. I knew that was, if you listen to Jerry, hey, they were in on Castillo. They heard about uh, uh, Soto being available, looked at the price, said, woo, can't do that, well, probably. And then he went back to what they wanted to do, and they got Castillo. We didn't get... Another outfielder, we got Lamb or we got whoever, you know, so that's why I give him a B plus. I think it was an A plus and then you got to, we didn't get a, yeah. we just didn't get that thing. And, but I, but I feel like well, B plus I, is a pretty I damn good grade. Of- I, I think, I think they, uh, they saw Mitch Hanniger coming back as an acquisition. And so then therefore you're going to push hard into pitching. And here's the deal. Castillo might not lose the rest of this year. That's crazy. Knock Watch. on wood. Watch. <laughs> he's he's the dirtiest he is good. motherfucker you've seen in a while. He likes the, like I was saying, he's very in tune, it seems like, with the energy and the situation. He goes into Yankee Stadium, shuts him down. He comes back here, full stadium, first time pitching as a Mariner. Oh, here's the fucking Yankees. Here's fucking Aaron Judge. He goes out there. He's a fucking showman. And that's annoying when you're on in the other dugout. It's annoying when somebody beats you and they're so goddamn confident. And that's what I like. And Robbie Ray is awesome. He's had stretches this season where you're like this is the can you get any better than this? But he's a workman. He's out there. He's grunting hard. Right. He's working. He's quiet. And now we got this guy that's, you know, points to the sky, does the spins. He's got the long hair. He's a showman. It's pretty cool. You definitely have the yin and you have the yang. And then you have number three with Logan right now. If you're going one, two, three, Logan's your number three. Could Kirby yeah. come up and be that third? Absolutely. That's Logan's to. I don't want to say lose. That's Logan's to hold on to. And that's Kirby's, you know, probably goal to be like, hey, I want to be that goddamn starter when we have game three. Totally agree with all that. Completely right, Kobe. They get every one of these pitchers gives us a chance to win a game. We don't have a, what was that guy? We used to have Weaver. He's come out and he just gave up an eight, seven, nine spot. to be. We don't have anybody yeah. on our team no. that does that. And we've always had one of those starters the entire time we've ever watched Mariners baseball. Even in the 90s, you go back and watch it. Even in the 2000s, we'd have one guy that would just go out there and be like, here's a five, here's a five piece right off the bat. Well, with those, uh, it's just just the way it is and that's just baseball like Kopi said there's only a handful of flat out aces I'm thinking of maybe like five or six I mean less you know Kershaw is not even that anymore I mean there's there's just a few and And we got one yeah I know I watched the K-Rod cast tonight 
And A-Rod was saying how disheartening and how stupid it was of the Yankees not to pay to get this guy. I mean... Vlad said it. Vlad sat here and goes, fuck, we wanted this guy. I heard him. His, him and his dad were like, they wanted this guy. And then they go out and they trade Montgomery. So he's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? And we got this guy. We got him next year. And you know what? He's probably having a hell of a time playing for this team. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch. It's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it! Before we get out of here, let's talk about Hanniger. I think right now Hanniger, let's jump off the, the to jump off. I think he's playing the best defense I've seen this dude play in so him long. Personally, personally, I, 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 you know what? I yes, because he's made a couple signature plays. Uh, the shining uh, hang star being the line drive that he caught and double up the guy at first base, but. I he's always had an elite throwing arm. At times we were like, "Oh, it'd be great to have this idea of this more athletic right fielder out there." But I've watched him go to his left to, you know, down down the sidelines. He's not right. scared of the wall. He catches he's, everything that probably should be caught. He makes some pretty good plays, and he has a great throwing arm. And so and he to, hits the ball. And so he drives in you, runs. To ask you, Barnuns of this uh, podcast. Uh, we have to make a decision. You're right on Matt, uh, on Mitch Hanniger. I w- I would sign him. I sign him for. A I am TBD. I'm TBD just Still? because, because of the injury situation. No, just because you don't know what else is out there right now. Those are the kinds of things I'm not ready even to make a make a make a. Don't talk about yet. No, because you don't know what's going as his heart and soul into the Mariners. Absolutely. Uh, is he like getting a acquisition? Like we said, one of these two people are going to make a big difference for the Mariners. We said Lewis. We had high hopes, and we said Hanniger. And Hanniger obviously looks like the person that's going to make the big change. You also have a clubhouse leader back. You know, you have all these other guys that have been leading and emerged into leaders. But he You're definitely getting somebody that talks to talk and walks well, to walk that's back in your lineup. Hey, Richie, there's a couple guys here to see you. What can I do for you guys? Your name Zisk? Yeah, that's right. Who are you guys? We're uh, from Chicago. Yeah, I noticed your uh, white socks. Uh, what do you want? We understand you're pretty good with a bat. Yeah, I uh, do okay. How about maybe tonight you strike out a few times? You know, maybe uh, pop up. What do you say? Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I couldn't possibly do that. I'm a mariner. So you know? my grandma Norma couldn't come on tonight because she says she's too fired up and pissed off over the oh, Texas game. She God she lives when you're 91 and a half years old. Every game is important. Okay, yeah, so I just want to just to wrap things up here. I do want to uh, read some of her read some of her texts that she she said. Uh, so first of all, she says, "Where the hell did we get this Casales guy?" 
Who the hell did we send down for him? That's our new catcher. He's showing up on the and team. And he didn't block one ball to Gilbert today. He, he let that one go. So you're down with my grandma. Who the hell is this guy? Where the hell is Tourette? No, and I said, Grandma, you were... You don't know how they throw. He spiked a fucking breaking ball. Didn't block yeah, before, before... Ahead of the plate. It was a tough play. Here's another... I here, Cal might makes that block. Yeah. Here, because he knows Gilbert. Exactly. Here's That's another why, one from Norma. He's moving the right direction. Yeah. Here's another one from Norma. Isn't Cal Raleigh our main catcher? What the hell's going on? So listen, if you're a casual fan and you're wondering why he's not out there, here's the deal. Catchers can't catch every single game behind the plate. And definitely the way they do resting now, you're not going to see that. You are going you, to see you catchers. You see a backup catcher at least one time a week. Sometimes, mostly twice. Yes. Uh, my grandma, huge, huge overreaction. Why can't we send Gilbert back to the minors for a little R and R? Here's no, the deal, Grandma. I don't know what you're smoking. There's there. a lot of fans with, uh, that I've seen are feeling that way. Really? Yeah. They're, They're mad at Gilbert because over the last month he's struggled. Yeah, because they have a fucking. He'll be fine. I agree. Because it's been stuff. It's been stuff over books so far. Like whatever book they had on them. Stuff is outwritten it. At some point, they have such a book that your stuff has to get beyond that. Yeah, make an adjustment. Yeah, right. Yeah, it sounds trite, but you're right. Here's another thing, a big thing from her. She says, she says, why in the hell can't Eugenio just turn his hair back the way he used to have it? He she, did better. She's a fan of the Cruella de Vil. At first, she was very, was a critic, critic of it, but she says he plays a lot better when his hair was like that, and wants him to change it back. I, I like Eugenio. I, I feel well. Do you like him? Do you like him the brown haired, or do you like him with the half and half? I don't give a shit. I, don't I think that. he played uh, better with the half and half. I think he hit a bomb this series. He hit a bomb this series. She she wants she wants the skunk <laughs> haircut back. No thought on that. No hard take on that. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. This is episode thirty-one. We got. It. We're getting kicked out of here. They close early up here in Shoreline. It's a very sleepy, tired town, or Richmond Beach. There's. If you've not been here to the cabin, you just literally drive down to where you can't drive anymore. Right here on Richmond Beach Drive. It's open seven days a week. They got a kitchen. A lot of a lot of history, as I put in the intro. This 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 building here is a hundred years old. It's been here since the Prohibition. It's pretty awesome. Come check it out. Drop the rye bread and mustard name here. Maybe you'll get a discount. Maybe you won't. We don't know. Anyways, again, thank you for liking, subscribing, following. The Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. Thank you for getting our word out there. We really appreciate it. And again, if you like what we're doing here, you know, go ahead and give us a review. Give us a five-star review. Maybe hit that five-pound. You know what? We always say this. We like five-tool baseball players, right, Hanno? But what do we like more than that? Five-star reviews. Yes, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews is like giving us an A. Give us a fucking A, all right? Give us a goddamn A forever. Feel free to hit us up at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. That's ryebreadandmustardpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. This is episode 31 of the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. Hanno? Charge. <laughs>